You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. Welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. Hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation about quarantine and the far off future and, um, I don't know, uh, pod monkeys and all that stuff. So yeah, uh, welcome to Strange Highways. Um, it is an anthology uh, based show in which we watch uh, the Twilight Zone um, episode by episode, segment by segment. We've covered the 80 series uh, and we're now uh, firmly entrenched in the 80 series, but we have a special guest this evening. Richard, you're here. Announce yourself. Hi, uh, I would like uh, I'd like to get a hug from both uh, Paul and Terry. <laughs> Come give me a hug. <laughs> Come hug your grandmother. Well, I, I would. No. I would hug. I would hug you. I don't care. Hug me. I, damn, damn the consequences. I would hug you. Don't look at me like I'm freaking Frankenstein. Give your father a hug. Welcome, welcome being on the show. Like I like, so uh, as people know, you've been on the show previously, uh, you and I have been friends forever. Um, and you, you, you're now been with friends with Terry, which I am, I'm very jealous of because, um, of Terry's my podcast husband, not yours. I don't know what that means, but anyway, um, um, <laughs> oh, we might be, you know, we can we call you know? us, can we call ourselves a thropple? I don't think it, anyway. So anyway, um, you, you are in a unique position, um, because I made it a point. Are you still talking about the throttle? Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's, that's where my brain Yeah. Is I going. just, you know, like, is this too, <laughs> oh, okay. there, there's a beginning no and there's an end and then there's the middle and the middle is Richard. And so, um, yeah. you know, in this case, the human centipede goes both ways. Yes. I don't know what that means. Um, so, um, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> we've been talking we're for like here. we've been talking like for two hours before we start recording everybody so just heads up um we're in our cups and by like i'm really in my cup so i apologize in advance for everything that's about to happen um but no you're in a unique position because um you know the it, i sent you the the, the actual dvds i, I ordered a, a set of the twilight zone because i'm like i need at least one other person to to get on board with this so you've been with us all the way through this so far. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I think you're in a unique position that aside from people that like, thank you for, for listening to this and you can find most of the stuff on YouTube, but you're on the same footing as Terry and myself by watching all of this. Yes. And, and thank you for that, uh, for that DVD set. It was very, very kind of you. It was, was also it? very kind of you to address it to, um, uh, Richard Hamner. Stating, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> 
No, I cold black heart. But it's like, <laughs> but like, what was it a nice gift? I don't know. I feel like this is like in a, in a Twilight Zone kind of way. I think there's a burden that comes with this. Yeah. Let's say, I only wish there was Hamner. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, but you've been watching all the segments with us. So like, um, mm-hmm. um, and we've been doing like, so we're still in the first season because like, since it's been segment by segment, which I think is the right way to approach this. Um, the first season, it's like, so, so Terry, I, I, I gotta tell you, like, I, I realized that we're now, um, since we're into now, this is, um, the 18th episode, you're going to be like, well, like how many more episodes do we have for the twilight zone of this season? We're, we're like, we're getting there. We're almost done. Um, <laughs> we're almost done with the eighties, uh, uh, version of it, but we still have, um, you know, we still have a way to go. <laughs> I'll just tell you that. Yeah. Just, you know, so yeah, it, there's a decent amount here and I, I will commend, uh, Richard because, uh, he's been game the entire time. So, you know, like Richard's been a good friend of the show and he's been game for a lot of different things. He's been on the, the show multiple times. Uh, and like, he's been reaching out to me through text message here and there. And like, you know, like, man, you, you, you're, you're, you're right in the crossfires with us, man. Like, <laughs> yes, yes I, really, I really appreciate it, man. No, I just, I, I think it makes it worth it where you're like, Oh, we're not the only ones kind of like, I'm not saying suffering through is not the right phrase, but like, there's been some rough road. There's some, yeah, there's been some tough sledding. Is. Right. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, most of my texts about the show have been more like, uh, oh, just you wait till the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. But no, yeah, there's there's been some solid ones, too. I mean, you, you always bring it back to Nightcrawlers and, and for, man, for sure. And, yeah. um, and there's a, a connection couple, to that. We'll talk about in a second to Nightcrawlers. It, yeah. Well, sure. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, I mean, even a couple segments ago, the um, to see the Invisible Man, I thought that one hit really hard, like in, in a good way. Yeah. So, no, and I think there's, but, I, 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 I do think there's gold in them hills. However, yes. it's just that like, although I, I will yes. say I am ready to talk tooth and consequences. Let's go. <laughs> oh no. That which, which, stale, which of the animal that photos I post done. on social media were your favorite? <laughs> now, um, I like that. Like, so to rewind that back, uh, whenever you, you ended up watching that full episode, that was the elevator to see the invisible man and tooth and consequences. Uh, before Terry had gotten to it and you're like, well, you're like tooth of consequences makes the elevator look like Shakespeare or whatever you said. And I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. so no, but like you've been with us for the ride and we, I do appreciate that. And also because you are a writer and creator, you know, you know, yourself, you do appreciate the short story format. And whenever I mentioned this to you, like, was it two weeks ago or was it a week ago about like, Oh, we're actually getting some like interesting overlap of the things that we love with this. Um, because the, what we're talking about tonight is uh, a season one episode, 18 segment, a grandma, which is based upon a Stephen King short story. So I figured that would be, Oh, look at this person who writes, uh, who writes short stories and other things that has, you know, has, um, a certain, you know, love of Stephen King. And also you do love short stories. I'm like, well, why would we not have our friend on that kind of makes too much sense. Ooh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so Terry, should we get into day and date and then get into everything else? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right. So grandma, um, it was air, air date was February 14th, 1986. Not an important date. Yeah. Just Happy Valentine's, Valentine's day. day. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there you go. It's all about love. Right. Um, 
So you would think Ye Gods would have been a better one to play here, but whatever. Anyway, so number one film, Down Out Beverly Hills. We talked about that previously. Number one song, that was that's what friends are for, Dion and Friends. I promise you, once we get through this uh episode 18 and the next like the next three stories, so this one and the next two, that song will change. So it's what it, it might get better. We'll find out. Here's hoping, right? So um, <laughs> right. That's what, that's what friends are for. Uh, so all I have for day and date was like a couple days before this. Um, and I'm, this, I'm going to put this to more to you, Richard, than, than myself, uh, like, sorry, more than Terry, I should say February 9th, Haley's comet reaches. It's, um, it's the, uh, perhelion. Great. That's a word that I can't pronounce right. The closest point to the sun during its second vis- visit to the solar system, um, in the 20th century. So do you remember the big deal about Halley's Comet? Like people talked about it a lot. If I recall right, it was a big deal. Maybe not. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wasn't old enough. That's what I'm saying. Really... Like Richard, do you remember Halley's Comet being a big deal? Cause like, <laughs> oh, I know. Said yeah. yeah. First to Terry. I'm sorry. Oh no. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I remember the big stink about it. Yeah. <laughs> the big stink. Like, ah, you yeah, comment, you're going to show up, you bum, you don't pay rock. your bills. Get out of here. Well, like, it, <laughs> it, it like it, it, I, I think it's been joked about in different, um, you know, like short stories and adaptations of, of like what could go wrong with that too. Like uh, if, if anybody's ever seen Night of the Comet, I think it's a it's a wonderful like goofy horror film. Oh, it's a lot of it, fun. It yeah. talks about what like a a comet like Haley's Comet might do because it's like. It has a trajectory where it will come around like 120 years, but the comet in that movie is like every 65 million years. But it, it's it, it's a it, it conceptually it's an interesting story plot where it's like, what if you know like and I don't I've never I've never seen a comet before ever like you know they're like I was too young I was three years old when this happened well two and a half years old so. Yeah, no one was. And, so and what you're I telling me is that you're uh, Mr. Humblebrag here. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, you're, you're Mr. Uh, object Permanence. Planted, uh, yeah. Securely in front of a TV anyway, so. <laughs> well, that's yeah, why I want to mention it. Because, that's good parenting, of course. No, I'm just, no, no. It was, like, it was one of those things. It was like, Haley's Comet's coming. And I'm like, like, what, everybody run? I don't know. But it was a big deal at the time. Well, like so. Hail Bop, too. Like, Hail Bop <laughs> is another one that comes around. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that, that, one one has, that one had some other implications. Yeah, but, uh, get your Nikes on and just, you know, just do it. <laughs> You know, in your tracks here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Has anyone heard of Jim Jones? <clears throat> what? No. Yeah. Never mind. So, never mind. Uh, Heaven's Gate. You know, whatever happened to them? Evidently, their website's still operational. I just I just found this out a couple days ago. Because they're waiting for the next train. <laughs> yeah, like, it's them and the Space Jam uh, website. They're the ones that are going to, like, lead us to the apocalypse. I get it. So um, <laughs> so the other thing I wanted to mention, and I'm going to put this in our um, our Skype chat as we go, just because it's funny oh, here we go. to me. is <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know. You know where I'm going to go to because I, I I googled uh, February. Oh yeah, oh, uh, I sent this to you guys. Should okay, funky. yeah. This is the cover from the February '86 issue of Playgirl. Um, do you guys want to go? Th- that you, I'll let you guys read the 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 the, um, the headings uh, on ahead, uh, the cover. All right, I'll go. Uh, Playgirl, February 1986, the exclusive story: Bruce Springsteen's glory days after the slopes. Ski bums, bear Bear buns. Then Sean Penn, a.k.a. Mr. Madonna. Yeah, that didn't end well. (laughs) Yeah, that that, uh, that, that didn't last long. Um, America's America's sexiest DJs pose for our cameras. 
And then women gives and- a shit. <laughs> <laughs> like I get that one. I have to like step in real quick. We're talking about Sean Penn. We're talking about Bruce Springsteen. And in America's sexiest. Hey, hey, hey. Like, this is the magazine. This is the magazine for the spirited woman. Terry, calm down. And there's Who the also- hell gives a crap about DJs? Like seriously. Hey, I appreciate DJs, but maybe not. You know, maybe not like, this time. Do you want to see their junk? Like, I mean, seriously. Like, well, I don't all right, know. Never maybe mind. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> here. Let me let me get to the. Let me read this la- one. The second to last one, real quick, before I get to the most important <laughs> one. The. Uh, Women yeah. in casual sex, what's love got to do with it? Mm. And uh, clearly the most important, yes, the, the the most topical issue here at the bottom, the, the article. Uh, yes. Whew, man, Rocky's Russian opponent shows what the screen doesn't. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Drago! I will break you. <laughs> 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 oh, he'll break something. Oh, oh yeah. it's like it's like hitting steel. You like, mean like Swedish? Uh, uh, I maybe like, <laughs> like t- ten to fourteen inches of steel. I don't know what that means. Anyway, so oh uh, so yeah, I just I, what the I don't, hell is that on the cover? I have no idea why it's such a, like. But I also like that. Like my default setting is always like, hey, finger the pulse, play girl. That looks like <laughs> that looks like Rick Springfield and it does. Uh, and like Vanna White with brunette hair. Like, who the hell are these people? I have no idea who they are. Are they the sexiest DJs of America? <laughs> like, like oh get the God. hell out of here right now. Oh, uh, I just I feel like they're like Kirkland brand like uh silk stockings. I don't know. Anyway, oh so my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you brought uh Playgirl back into the art yes. discussion. That's- <laughs> if anybody knows me, I'm all class. So, all right. So that's what I do. So anyway, uh, let's get into, um, let's get into our cast and crew, Terry. Where are we at? Uh-oh. Sorry. Sorry, Richard. You're going to mention more about Playgirl before we got uh, into well, no. <laughs> It looked like Terry uh, just left the uh, chat. You upset him so much with the Playgirl. He's gone. Oh, let me oh, check. No, he's back. Oh, and okay. he's back. Oh, Terry. Yeah, sorry okay. about that. Did the uh, Playgirl upset uh, you that much? I mean. It, yeah. yeah, I was bummed out, man. I, I was like, yeah. yeah. What? And I was, I was like, well, maybe I want to be American. Did, did you, did you Google DJ? <laughs> did you Google DJ balls and found out what happened? Because uh, I, I think I might be a part of America's uh, sexiest DJs. I, you know, <laughs> with all this, this, this rocking this man body yeah, over yeah, here. Right, yeah, like, like, like DJ, right. DJ yeah, dad bod. Is that where we are? DJ yeah. no pants. I don't know where we are. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm wearing Spider-Man pajama pants. So, you know. Oh man! <laughs> oh, oh man! Like- That—that's the most grown-up thing I've ever heard in my life. So, thank you yeah. for sharing them. I appreciate. It sounds that. like someone's got the underoos that yes. Uh, Fake fundraisers or whatever the hell it was. Um, so, all right, before we get the cast and crew. So, growing up, when I was a small, small child, still in the crib, I had a tendency to just get out and just run around because I don't know. That was the one time I showed physical exertion. But like my parents, <laughs> would escape. Like, like, like they, my parents, like, because I would run and just turn the TV on. Like that would, they, who knows? Anybody would guess that would like show me my life. I would go and turn the TV on. I'd get out of the crib, right? So. There was a bit where my dad tried like pinning me, like he would put like a tarp, like type of thing over the crib. <laughs> but like what it was at first, I like one of my earliest memories was the Super Friends because he would use like a Superman Super Friends uh, bedsheet, 
and put it over top of the crib and I would still get out. So eventually he would double that with like, like fishnet to try to get me to stay in the crib at night. <laughs> Were you like a damn parrot? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> put the cover over but, but, I, but I was a slippery son of a bitch and I would get out and just wiggle my way out of the crib and go turn on the TV. So mm-hmm. jokes on them. I still turn on the TV every day. So anyway, <laughs> we're there. Um, so everybody needs to know that I was, um, I was a slippery baby. That's what I got to say about that. Um, I have no idea what that means. Uh, Tara, where are we at, uh, with, uh, cast and crew? My God, I apologize. I, I, we've been talking forever. Um, and this is not going to end well. So continue on, please. Okay, sorry. Our director on this one is Bradford May. I, uh, he has two more episodes to come and we'll be talking about those in the future. But he was also the cinematographer for 29 episodes, and he was also the cinematographer for Monster Squad, which we've talked about in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, it's a fun movie. Uh, maybe some people, if they haven't seen it, uh, if you want to get your children interested in horror, that might be a film to introduce them to. A lot of fun. But he was also a director for Dark Man 3. And then he uh, had done episodes uh, like of television shows like Jag and Equalizer as well. Yeah, this was like you mentioned, this is his first uh, directing output. He was the director of photography for like a lot of the series early on. So meaning he already had an eye for things. And we we can talk about that more later because uh, he was one of the people that kind of um, kind of locked in this, this the, 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 the sepia brown look of the series at the time, which I don't think has aged particularly well, but I understand the decision being made for that. Um, yeah. So this was his first of three segments. He would direct, uh, you mentioned dark man three. He also directed dark man two. Not that that matters much, but you know, um, yeah. Uh, he was really grateful for the opportunity because uh, well, we'll get into this. Now this was supposed to be William Friedkin directing the segment. And, um, we, he had to step away cause of personal issues. I don't really want like family issues. I don't know what those were, but, um, like clearly they were something going on. Cause it was like two days before it was supposed to go to shooting. Cause he had made the sets built. He picked the camera. He, he cast the people and they had to step away. So, and Bradford may talking during the commentary track of this episode, part of the reason why he signed on for this was like the potential for him to direct at some point. It's just that this was like, you know, next man up type situation. So, which, um, yeah. yeah. And then it's, it's, it's really interesting to see people make that jump and when they do it, because, you know, like being a part of the business for a long period of time and seeing where their stepping point is into directing, like I'm always fascinated by that. And we've discussed that quite a bit and at length in a lot of other episodes, you know, we'll see somebody like that's their first introductory. Mm-hmm into uh directing so i always find that funny uh, but yeah, yeah so and I'm, I'm actually kind of excited in the fact that we didn't get william freaking being a, a director on this because could you imagine the trauma that our young actor would have experienced <laughs> how, how many how many gunshots on set would he have been sub- subjected <laughs> so, to? Yeah, fireworks and yeah, like uh, like he would have walked up to him and been like, "I know you're staring at your your history book." Slap! Like, how do you feel about it now? You know, yeah. like you know, he might have quit acting before eighty nine, but yeah, he's so. like, he's like, I know you were part of the never ending story, but the story ends now. I'm gonna punch you square in the face to get the right reaction. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, so then our writers, we have two credits here. Yes. And I think uh, first and foremost, we need to talk about the who the story was written by. Mr. Stephen King, you had already talked about it a second ago. But, um, you know, obviously there really isn't so much that we can bring to the discussion for Stephen King. You should know him by this point. But the, the, the two things I will bring to point is that Stephen King had a fever, like, period of time of like his uh adaptations going on even in this year with 86 maximum overdrive was uh uh produced and then so was stand by me which was um you know like the body and both terrific stories i i maximum overdrive is ridiculous but (laughs) (laughs) he has to say they're they're about as far uh Far, far ends of the spectrum as far as movies <laughs> yeah. as you can get. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. like but, uh, the, he was on this like ascend, like he was ascending, right? And but it's, so it's yeah. like he was like so we're talking about this in eighty in eighty five. Um, so I was looking up his his output. Um, so in eighty four, just think about this for a second. He released the Talisman with Peter Straub, which is a wonderful book. Uh, Eyes of the Dragon, which is also a really, really fun book too. And he wrote that for his daughter because she was like, was like, oh, I don't like you writing horror all the time. He's like, yeah, but also if I wrote a fantasy book where somebody like just burned to death. Sure. Anyway. Uh, and then he released Thinner under Richard Bachman. Right. But then also in, uh, in 85, uh, he released um, was um, Skeleton Crew. Which is the um, a the collection. compilation of like a yeah. bunch of his different stories? Is, yeah, yeah. I, I got which some, this is a part of. Yes, that's what I was yeah, saying. I was gonna say I have yes. Mondo information on that. If, Please, uh, but whatever, whatever you're. No, doing. no, no, no. I'm ready. Please go into it. Oh, right okay, now. yeah. Like the um, <clears throat> uh, Grandma was first published in uh, Weird Book Magazine, and uh, I believe it was March of 1984, and uh, then it was eventually collected into Skeleton Crew, which. Uh, uh, I know the two of you, I'm sure, have read it, but for everyone out there who has not or doesn't have this collection, I can't recommend it high enough. Oh my gosh. Just because yes. oh, there's some um, great material in it. Yeah, exactly. I, I wrote down some of the you know heavy hitters in this: the mist, uh, the jaunt, the raft, which an adaptation of that is in Creep Show Two. Uh, word processor yeah. of the gods. Yeah, that that's in Tales from the Dark Side. And Survivor type. That's you know a recent or somewhat recent oh, animated creep segment yeah. on the Creep Show on Shutter. Yeah. So. Yeah, yes. and then the, the jaunt, which I know, like you just mentioned, if people have not, jaunt which, is great. Oh, uh, which was, yeah. was like, by the way, here's the tie-in. It was published in the '81 issue of Twilight Zone, the magazine. So there you go. Yes. The <laughs> jaunt, might like if we like, I don't know if it deserves to be a feature, but like if it was done, like if if this was a Black Mirror episode. It would it would just smash like the John yeah. is very haunting. Absolutely, yeah, that is, yeah, that is, that that is. very that good, Terry. very <laughs> strong story. Yeah, obviously yeah. we have a lot to say about King, but like uh, to kind of mirror what uh, Paul was talking about here uh, in the, the three years that he kind of was talking about his writing, uh, we had Firestarter in '84, we had Cat's Eye in '85, mm. and we had Silver Bullet in '85. And, the, uh, you know, you know, again, Maximo Drive in 86 and Stand By Me in 86. So, like, mm-hmm. obviously quite a bit of um, popularity with his writing. And everybody wanted a piece of King. I mean, if you look at his filmography at this point and what he's written towards film, it's incredible. Like, 
I don't know how much yeah. more we could talk about King to like make well, no, people but I just, realize. I think it's important <laughs> to point out like there, like his his popularity, like uh, there, there's what well, I've heard people talk in terms of like wrestlers, like in terms of their, like strap a rocket to their ass and fire him to the moon. This is where he was, except he was doing large amounts of cocaine at the time. Um, but yeah, like um, yes. yeah, it's like 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 the fact <laughs> that like Christine was like optioned to be a movie before it was published. That's a big deal, right? Um, like also like, um, I just, you know, you look before like cycle the werewolf, you mentioned uh, silver bullet, you mentioned like just, and then like, like the same year, 86, right. When this would like, when this episode would premiere in 86, he released it. Like, like you would talk about somebody that's come out swinging and making hits like haymaker after haymaker. Like just, it, it just, I can't overstate how, how much he dominated. Like, the the mind space of like you know horror right which i mean he's like for somebody i mean he's still releasing things it's not like he's gone and the moment he leaves this earth we were it's going to be a sad day we we can all acknowledge that but it's like um like his output was crazy at this point but he's like somehow he's had like multiple like revolutions Right, like, mm-hmm. I, like I, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's like he is he, still. He's relevant. definitely gone through cycles. Yes, yeah. So, if you, like this was his, like, um, I'm recovering, but not really. Like, I was an alcoholic, but what about cocaine? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't need to do booze anymore. But who, who's got the blow? Well, it was yeah. funny because when they announced what was it, the trailer for Cocaine Bear, and he was just like, "What was he?" He made a comment about like go to like um. Uh, basically he made a joke about like, go to the refreshment bar or whatever it was. Like he was making, I don't have the right quote, but he tweeted, he tweeted out something about like Coke at like, you know, go to the refreshment stand for the Coke. Like, it's like, he's like, yeah, I know where the Coke is. Like, yeah, of course you do. Stephen King. You always know where the Coke is, you know, like, yes. <laughs> but like in terms of his like, uh, uh, television adaptations at the time, this, this wasn't like, I don't know. It's, it was a little weird, right? Like, I don't know how much was actually developed for short form at the time. It was more like movies and things. So, and, mm-hmm. and, and maybe like, maybe somebody else can speak to this, but, um, I think people were signing on for more of his, his novels versus like his, his short stories, which that would change over time, right? Like that would become a thing. And I can even mention with skeleton crew, aside from you mentioned the other, um, adaptations. Um, I want to mention here real, real quickly here. Um, uh, Terry, do you know what the dollar baby, um, program is that King would offer up? I, I have heard about it, but like explain it to our audience. So yeah. Okay. Uh, like, Cause so you're more articulate about this. I am not. I am. I have, I no, no, I'm not articulate. Um, but no, like if people come to him and was like, like, and if they don't have any money, it's like, I want to do an adaptation of a story. He's like, he's like, I'll sell it to you for a dollar, like for the rights. Right. So then there has been multiple, a uh, dollar baby, ad- dollar baby adaptations from skeleton crew. Um, and so I think that's cool. I'm not saying that any of them are good, but it's the same way that we ended up getting, um, Oh, what's his name? Um, oh, Frank uh, Darabont, Frank Darabont. Right. Cause he came yeah. to him for, um, Oh, what was his original that he did? Um, 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 it was, it was a night shift. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, Boogeyman. Yes. Right. Which I, we're yeah. going to get up. Oh, yeah, now. he did. Yeah. yeah. Which we're going to see uh, a full length coming yeah. out of that. So. But he supported Darabont and then Darabont supported him. Right. So it's like you get these things where it's like, I don't have the money to buy the rights. He's like, I'll sell it to you for a dollar. Like this show, like I think he's more excited to see what will come. Cause it's like, yeah, I've made my obviously money. Obviously that yeah. goes somewhere big for Darabont, you know, yes. like, <laughs> absolutely right but it's like like give somebody like the ability to do it right and then we'll see what happens so um yeah so there's been a, a few dollar baby baby adaptations from this collection um i i also love that like king and richard can speak to this uh that like he's always like yeah i'm gonna release some books but like every so often i have to release a, release a collection of shorts because it's like that's just kind of what i do too like it almost feels like clockwork where he's like book, 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 book collection. Right. I feel like, I don't know. Like I just, he's not afraid to delve into different uh, links of storytelling. And I don't know yeah, if that fits everybody. Yeah. Cause I've, I've read and, and I don't, I can't remember if I read it in a collection or just in, um, or just in an interview in general where he, he said, you know, whenever he gets done writing a book, sometimes and I think this is his phrasing. He still has a little gas left in the tank. So he goes and starts to write something, just not really with any set length in mind. He just kind of goes like, oh, I still feel like writing something. So he'll, he, he sets his book aside or, or whatever he had written, which you know typically is a book. But then, because what his process is, he'll do a first draft, let it sit for X amount of weeks. And then he'll come back to it and do start doing corrections. But in that time, if he still feels like he's got to do something else, he'll go and just pound out a story or whatever. Yeah. Well, so to, I'm sorry, go ahead, Terry, please. please. Yeah. I was, was going to say, because we, you know, the dark towers and all that, and like how that's all culminating with like a lot of his storylines that maybe he has something that is like a story within the story, like especially something like it, there are a few different plot lines that are going on within that story that maybe he wanted to excise something out and like really flush out a, like a, like a, a more of a, a story for itself and said, well, I, I really like what I'm doing here and this needs to exist in its own world and not within the it storyline. Like I can see him doing that sometimes. Well, even to speak to that, there was a collection he put out later called uh, everything's eventual. And one of his short stories there was, um, what was it the little sisters of Illyria, which, is, Oh yes. It, yeah. Which is a exactly fun, it's, it's a, it's, it's a really cool story, but it, it, it's a gunslinger story. It's a dark tower story that just kind of like slots in, but it's like a little kind of like, and even like the dark tower, the original book, the gunslinger was five short stories that he weaved together. But like, but I like that, like, he's able to acknowledge like, and you mentioned uh, Richard about like, he would put like stories in a drawer and you can speak to this as a writer that sometimes it's like, it's better to just write a thing and let it lie for a bit and come back to it weeks later, because you might be over the moon about it. But if you just set it for a minute and then you forget about what you wrote, you might come back with different eyes and be like, well, this is complete garbage. You know, like, oh, yeah, or, I've, I've, yeah. I've <laughs> yeah, I've come back to stuff and I'm like, oh man, that is just a steaming pile of shit. Yeah. Cause but then I'll, yeah. I'll read over something that I thought was garbage at the time. Like, oh, that 
actually turned out pretty well. It has the wheels to it. Yeah, yeah. because it's yeah, like, exactly. he acknowledges, he's like, you know, you might be like lost in the euphoria of the moment, but he's like, that's like, you got to come back to it and like view it like you didn't write it. Because I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, like anything that we create, like even like week to week, like with the show, it's like, like, um, you know, it's like, oh, did I remember saying that? No, but it was of the moment. You know, like, let me yeah. revisit that. Right. It's like, it's just, I think King is the most honest where it's like, he, he at least, at least he acknowledges like, oh, that doesn't work or it does. Like, I cannot imagine. Um, I, I'm hoping that like whatever day he leaves this earth, what may it be very far, far in the future that his estate, his, his, you know, his wife and kids will be like, yeah, these things are unfinished. However, we're not going to just like let them out in the world without like scrutiny. Because I think that's his big thing is scrutiny, right? Well, like, and if it wasn't if it wasn't for Tabitha, we probably wouldn't know King as the all, name that right? we know him now. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I also like uh, that like she writes her own books. And everyone's like, "Wife of Stephen King." It's like, no, no, no. You're your own author. Yeah, that's garbage. Yeah. Anyway, I was going to say if you know when the time comes and King passes and he still has some. Oh, yeah, if, he, if he does have some unfinished books, from, from what I understand, that he two, has he has two so good much, authors in the family yeah. that can look over that stuff. That being Tabitha and Joe Hill. <laughs> oh, what about not Owen? <laughs> and hey, Owen too. I haven't read much. Of it. I can't speak to his stuff. I haven't, I haven't either. I'm just. I just. I also think that like like the daughter. Like I'm just like oh yeah whatever. There's a lot of people around. But anyway, no. I was just going to point out like I think I like I I, I wonder because I feel like he has so much like 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 just stuffed in a closet. That's almost like the equivalent of like uh prince's discography. Like, I feel like there's so much sitting <laughs> yes. there, like, you know, like, cause he even talked about it. Like, um, and this is not the conversation for this. So I apologize. Like th- the main character of bag of bones, which is not a book I like a lot, but like, like, the main author talked about writer's block and about how he was able to kind of like, you know, like shuffle oh, yes, the deck chairs. Yeah. 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 And it's like, Oh, he's, he's speaking from experience, right. About how he was able to keep going along. But I also think that like, he is so like, um, you know, love him or hate him, like love or hate his current cycles. Um, like, like, I don't know what I'll put this to you, Richard. Like, I don't know, like what would be your most favorite King app, like not adaptation, but like King book of recent output, like one where you're just like, you're over the moon about it. He's never not been good at writing. Not at all. Yes. Right. But like, there's something to be said about his earlier lean and mean days that it's like, Oh, I relate to that a lot more. However, I don't know if there's something recently that you've related to a great deal, but I still, I, I still love that he's writing. I still love the, uh, he's out there and has an opinion and I still love that he's just a cranky bastard, but like he would like shake your hand, but also have his opinions. I, I love yes. it. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And, and then there is like the, the most recent stuff is, is, you know, all fine and well, but I, I think, and I, I believe I've talked to you about this before the one, uh, when I say most recent, put in all air quotes because it's ten years old now, is um, the, the one that really scratched the old King itch was uh, Revival for me. Oh, we're divided on that, but because yeah, I feel we are divided yeah. on that. I know we oh, are. The first, and, and you're wrong, but that's fine. <laughs> but um, but I get mean, him. Talk, get him. You, you want to? Yeah, you want to talk dark? Hey, Terry, Holy. Terry, hush, hush. Yeah. <laughs> No, Man. the first the first two thirds of that book is great, and then it just kind of like it just kind of pisses its pants. Like, just don't don't tell me like yeah, anyway, in yeah. fear, 
Sure, sure. Um, yeah. No, because 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 Paul could write a better ending. <laughs> I could, I could. I've not done it, but I could. No, like um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like uh, okay, so like the the most recent King book I've read. I'm looking at what he's put. It was was revival, which is not fair. Oh, sorry, The Outsider. I read The Outsider. Yeah. Um, the Outsider was really good. I feel yeah, like that it's, one's solid too. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah. I feel like it was kind of almost a rehash of like um, um, Desperation in some ways. But 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 mm, I will I can't say, speak to Desperation. I haven't read that. Yet, desperation so. and the regulators are like just that feels like um, like because he wrote them later, but it felt like him just like tapping into his like you know like just asshole cocaine brain. And I love all of that. <laughs> There's so much fun anyway, but I, I was looking today, uh, trying to figure out like 11, 22, 63 is really, really good. It's a really good, mm-hmm. um, the dark tower, the wind through the keyhole was really, really good. Uh, Dr. Sleep made me mad. Like just whatever. It was okay, but it wasn't great. But what I'm saying yeah, is that one could have been a little tight. Uh, tighter. What, what I'm saying is that if I ever got the chance to meet King in person, which I hope to at some point, um, the big thing for me is that his writing is always very, not conversational, but very matter of fact, which I think is what you, when you and I, uh, on the other show that I do invasion of the podcast, when I had, we, we had, uh, when you were subbing in for Steve, uh, we did our, um, pale boy summer, right. We ended up talking oh, yes. about, uh, yeah. Salem's lot, right? Like there's something he's so good at writing small towns and like regular people that I never, ever, ever want him to not do that. And it's very yes. relatable, very approachable. And I approach, I, I really like his writing. Yeah. I, I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but we have a cast here, so <laughs> sorry. Teleplay. <laughs> Terry tele- and yeah, go. Sorry. Teleplay by Harlan <laughs> Ellison, a gentleman we'll talk about more in a minute. Who's been part of the show. He's overseeing things. He wants to fight people and gets angry about things. We've talked about Harlan Ellison previously. <laughs> um, his commentary for uh, track for this, which it, like if there's people, if there's a way for you guys to, to find this for this episode, it is one of the greatest train wrecks I've ever heard of 20 minutes. Yeah. He Harlan Ellison is starting to remind me of the guy who runs uh Scientology right now. So, um, <laughs> he's just brooding all the time. And no, it's I, just like, I just feel like he's a guy that I could buy him a drink and we'd be okay. But then the moment he starts like saying things and if I say, I don't agree with him, he would punch me in the face. Like it just, I feel bad because he's recording all these commentaries and like, was it 2004? And his wife is held captive in the recording booth as he's talking during these. Like, these <laughs> I, I'm not wrong. God. Like, tell, <laughs> God. That's sad. It is. It's almost like avant-garde art. <laughs> like, as I gotta tell you, like it is, it is a thing to behold. Um, Terry, I know that you have the DVDs. Sorry. You should do yourself a favor just put it on the background because you're going to be like, what are you talking about? And I have a minute later, I'll play that. He says something completely out of context that, um, broke my brain for a minute. Well, it, it, to get it, to like peel back the curtain a, a little bit, uh, the mission, uh, for this, like the eighties rendition is that Paul was going to listen to the commentary and then like hit me. Yes. What, he was going to hear out of that, like whatever the outcome of that was. So 
now I'm completely intrigued, and I'm going to have to watch all of these things with the commentary, okay. which I'm not happy about some of these episodes. No, but like, but like, but like, but like, Richard <laughs> texted me. He's like, "Oh, the Har- the Harlan Ellison commentary is amazing." So, let, okay, let me. You know what? I'm going to play it right now. I, like, I, Rich, I don't know. I, I, I know you're not expecting the one, but there's so many things in this that are so. So oh, goddamn just, weird. Yeah. But here, so <laughs> like before we get into the cat, like the actual cast, Terry, like this has nothing to do with the episode. This is him. Okay. So Harlan met, um, uh, William Freakin overseas. Cause like for whatever reason, they're <laughs> trying to figure out like how to do this. And he was talking about Harlan's wife being like a delight, but then there's this brief bit here. This is amazing. That was where I also got arrested by the French secret police for the attempted assassination of the president of Poland. But that's a story I'll have to reserve for another time because we don't have room on here. Do I digress? Yes, I digress. Am I large? I contain multitudes. Moving right along. (laughs) What is... Whoa. Did you do like an eight ball before? I have no idea. I have no idea. And that's not even the the craziest thing during the commentary. No, 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 no. That's him at full speed. Through that. (laughs) Wow. No. And there's even bits later during this where he's just like, look at it, look at it, look at it. Like he's like, like he's like the army surplus store owner and falling down talking to like Michael Douglas. (laughs) Do it, do it, do it, it, do it, do it, do it. God. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's probably about halfway through the episode. So he had to actually get on to whatever point he was trying to make from the very beginning of it. Because there's wow. times he just stops. There's times where he just stops and starts yelling at the screen. And it's yeah, like, he's like, what? Do it. Do it. Prime the board. Prime the board. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It, it's probably, I, it's probably my favorite commentary track point? of all time. I just got to tell you that. Like, <laughs> Well, he went to the concession stands too. Like, he must have good that. lord! Oh my gosh, it's so crazy. Anyway. Yeah. Well, either way, uh, yeah. I guess we'll get into the cast. Oh, here. we're forty minutes in. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we have Barrett Oliver. He plays Georgie. Uh, he was in the Neverending Story. That's what I think where most people would recognize him from. But he was also in Cocoon and uh, Cocoon: The Return, I believe it was uh, actually called. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't. He know was if also in Daryl, the the like D A R Y L. Like I, I don't the remember acronym. this film. Yeah, but it's like oh yeah, War Games was a thing. But Daryl, right? So then yeah. he stopped acting in '89. So here, like you'll appreciate this, but <laughs> Richard, you'll appreciate this. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, he became a printer and photographer specializing in 19th century processes such as collodion and Woodbury type. <laughs> it's like, mm. oh, he became a hipster. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's a really, really tight niche there. <laughs> yeah. His work has been displayed in museum and gallery exposition as, and used in films. Congratulations. But you know, if like after being a kid actor, if he's made his money, cause it's like, Oh, it's the never ending story. So you mean never any commission checks? Like, you know, and you get to go on to go and make weird photography. Like, I don't know. Like you do you, you know, I just, yeah. I, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing to put in there, uh, but, uh, and then next here we have, uh, it's a very short cast. Luckily, um, or, or, <laughs> yeah, good luck Darlena. for the next two segments, Terry. I'll tell you that. Spoiler. Anyway, continue. So I think this is pronounced Darlena Blue Gallo or Flugel. Flugel. 
Uh, Darlene Flugel. Flugel. Yeah, she plays which, mom. Yeah. Yeah, who, which are Harlan Ellison at one point in the story says, Darlene Flugel, what a great name. <laughs> Just out of nowhere. As soon as she comes into the screen, he's like, oh, that's a great name. And then he goes off on some other name. Oh, I just oh, feel man. bad. I just feel so bad for his wife because he keeps, like, because the things he keeps saying, he's like, look at it, look at it, look at it. Go do <laughs> Like, I have no idea what's going on in that room, but yes. like she I, never I urge, says a word. I urge both of you, please, to watch the Harlan Ellison documentary because I need to. It oh, is God. it is nuts. No, it no, just I just nuts. feel like he'd be a guy that I would shake his hand and then back away quickly, like because I do. Like I don't know what it is. It's like we even talk about. Like he even mentions in the commentary track that like he talks about how he walks away from the Twilight Zone and it gets weird. <laughs> we'll get there uh, a little yeah. bit later. Anyway, yes. But yeah, but so uh, she was in Once Upon a Time America. In America. Ugh, I don't know. I can, I can say America. America. Um, but she was also in Pet Cemetery too. So there's your little connection to Stephen King. Mm-hmm. And then she was also in a uh, sly film called Lock Up. So if a lot of people haven't seen this film, it's actually pretty good. Um, you know, oh, Donald Sutherland is in it. It's it's a pretty good. No, you're uh, a, you're a big film. fan of prison films, so yeah. I love prison films. I don't know why. <laughs> there's just there's something it's, about them, like the it, psyche that exists with like you know the you know the characters and that. Like I like to unfold this stuff. Like one of my favorite films of all time is Shawshank Redemption. So like mm. you know. You know, and, and like I love uh, Escape from Alcatraz. Like there are some great movies that exist within that subgenre of film. I think that Lock Up is a pretty interesting film to watch. Is that the one with is, is Kurt Russell in that as well, or am I thinking? No, just- you're thinking of um, uh, Tango and Cash. Uh, okay. <laughs> where they from, All right. Where so they escape from prison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, so uh, Flugel made her screen debut in. Uh, and a supporting role as a model. And um, the Irvin Kirshner directed film, Isolar Mars, which if I recall, that was a Carpenter script that didn't, that he didn't direct. Um, she said, I wasn't ready after Laura Mars. Let's just say that it wasn't much of a stretch to portray a New York model being chased by a weirdo. But when I was 25, I decided to go for it. What the hell? Right. Um, so Yeah. So she like you know so she decided to do that. So then um, her debut feature was in um, the Roger Corman Star Wars knockoff, Battle Beyond the Stars. <laughs> yes, good for her. Uh, unfortunately, we lost her a few years ago. So mm-hmm. uh, rest in peace. Uh, it, like I, the few films that I do know her from, I I, I genuinely love uh, Pet Cemetery too. I think it's a, a great installment. Um, you know, and as far as like a pet cemetery and that, uh, yeah, please check that film out. If you have not seen it or maybe have not seen it in a few years, I think there is a lot to take away from that as a sequel, but, um, yeah. And then, uh, next and last character I will bring up is, uh, played by, uh, Frederick long who plays the grandma. Um, yeah, uh, it's, yeah, <laughs> but he was in, uh, <laughs> He was in a film that I believe that you guys discussed on a different podcast. Maybe. Oh, you better believe it. So yeah, you guys discussed alligator, which is uh, one of those animal attack films that I <sighs> genuinely think is like 
off the rails, hilarious and fun it, and it, scared the living it, shit no, no, out no. of me as a kid. It somehow, it somehow punches above its weight for no apparent reason. I love yeah. The, oh, it, yeah. it's fantastic. It's so much it's fun. Great. Yes. Yeah. Like in this, in this day that we're, we're talking about this, there is a movie out in the theater called cocaine bear. So yeah, but can, can, can we speak for alligator. a moment? Can we <laughs> yeah. please speak for a moment? The asylum films, which is garbage. They're like, yeah, we're going to make a film called meth gator. Go after yourself. Like, yeah, just calm watch down. Alligator. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that, yeah this, is, this is the real alligator movie with an alligator filled with drugs. So let's be clear. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. Like, genuinely oh, filled with, like, like drugs. Like, good actors. Drugs. Like, like, yes. I mean, we have, oh, I have to look this up again because, um, oh, my gosh. Uh, because we, like, there is, um, there is amazing, um, oh, my goodness. Alligator yeah, has uh, was um, Robert Forrester, like, and also um, we see Henry Silva for like three minutes in the film. But Robert oh, yes. Forrester, Make horny gator noises. Yes. <laughs> yes, he's the big game hunter. He's yes. he's craving the hunter that gets eaten by an alligator. Spoiler. But Robert Forrester is like I don't know. The running joke of that film is that he's balding, but also like he doesn't give a shit. Like I don't know. Alligators a lot like that film. That film should not be as good as it is, but it's a lot of fun. It is surprisingly well crafted for, for what, what it is. is. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. Yes. Right. So then, yeah. All right. So then, also here, uh, uh, Frederick Long, who was an alligator, also phrase nightmares. Also, there supposedly, uh, Keen Hodder was under the prosthetics for Grandma. I don't know about that for sure, but I want to huh. believe it. And then Piper Laurie was the voice of grandma for the most part. We'll get to that in a second. She was in the segment, the burning man. Yeah. Well, that's, that's crazy. Cause I mean, obviously her fame is from uh, Carrie. Yes. Uh, yeah. Another King adaptation, but yeah, her connection to the twilight zone. Yeah. And also like speaking of Stephen King, we should talk about this real quickly. Um, he wrote a script for amazing stories that they're like, it's not amazing enough that they got kicked and ended up becoming uh, a Tales from the Dark Side script uh, called Sorry, Right Number or Wrong Number. Um, they're like, it's not amazing enough. So like, maybe at some point we'll get to that because Tales from the Dark Side is a lot of fun. But I did not know that Stephen King, would like they paid money for a story for the Twilight Zone. This this is one of those things we talk about, like um, the Venn diagram of loves. I had no idea this was a thing, so I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I, that's our that's our cast. Um, you know, I, I do you want to uh, lead no. us off on? No, no Terry, you're story? you're more stable than me. Tell me what's up in this more thing. stable. <laughs> All right. Tell me what's going well, on in this three, this, this three um, room house. Let's, let's continue. Okay, so we get our, 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 basically our main character here is Georgie, and he is being left to uh, kind of just to his own devices, but also oversee his grandmother, and her, his mom is going out for groceries and Well, no, his errands. older brother broke his, like, ankle or leg playing baseball. Yeah, but she has, like, a couple other errands, but yeah, like, the, the brother, his his ankle got broken because of like a sports injury and that and like it, it, she has like her plate is full for the night but she 
is leaving Georgie, who in the past had been traumatized by experiences with her with with the grandmother, but she always is like kind of like aware that like the kids are scared of the grandmother. So she like before she leaves, she is continuously like saying, Are you sure you got this? Are you sure you have the doctor's number? Are you sure you can't give grandma tea? Like the tea is the tea thing is is confusing because he's not supposed to give the tea to the grandmother. But nonetheless, he has his rules and apparently now he's a little bit more wise and now that he's 11 years old he's not going to do the things that he was doing when he was seven years old when he was scared shitless and so the mom leaves and all of a sudden the grandmother is making noises <laughs> weird noises almost oh, you're skipping noises. over you're skipping over that the mom gave georgie which is like i feel like uh, like if King's going to write a character that's going to get shit on, Georgie's the right name, right? So, because Georgie's mm. also the name of the younger brother in It that gets his right. arm ripped off. <laughs> like, anyway, so anybody named Georgie, you're doomed, right? So, but also, like, you have cookies, you have milk. Your your default setting is to put the, the plate of cookies in the sink and dump your milk. Well, you deserve what's coming next. Cause you you should eat those cookies, right? Like, like, come on, can we be honest? Eat the cookies. Like, why not? Right, I suppose so. Uh, <laughs> no, but. it's fair. You have chocolate chip cookies. Just eat them. Like, like it could. Be, you're you're gonna deal with an old person that may or may not be dying, right? Like, which? Well, what if he wants a ham sandwich? I mean, like. Well, then just cookies, eat your you're cookies. Not gonna... just eat your cookies and have a ham sandwich. It's fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like the grandmother could continues to make weird noises and like he's trying to kind of like psych himself up to w- figure out whatever the issue is well but have can we speak for a second um where we've been younger and don't understand that like uh, there's people older than us that are infirm for different reasons but they're off-putting because we don't understand it there, there's an irrational here, fear there that makes sense because you're a kid. I think we can all relate to that. I, I, I can't necessarily speak to that at large. I, I know people that have had to have dealt with that with their own family members. I, I don't know if uh, Richard could speak to that, like, you know, firsthand. Well, no, I, people I, are gross. Yeah. Well, I, no. no, 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 no. I had I had an uncle that had, that had a yeah. stroke before I was aware, and it's like you know like, he was always Uncle Ray, and like he just like he was paralyzed from one part of his body, and like he was never able to vocalize the like specifically, but he would like you know raise his cane. It was almost like I want my cake, like you know talking about creep show. But it's like you could tell that there was something there, but he couldn't talk. Like you know, it's like it's just one of those things. Yeah. It's like, like, like you yeah, know, can, as can, a kid, do it a little, yeah, a, a little bit too. Because uh, I remember when I was a kid, um, geez, I might have been like early, well, not that early, but anyway, yeah, yeah, I was more like four or five, maybe six, something like that. But my uh, great grandmother, um, 
I remember she was in the hospital and, and, and before I, I can't recall any of the real interactions that I had with her, but as soon as I saw her in the hospital in a bed, I'm like, Oh, this, I, I gotta go. I gotta dip guys. I got a thing in. Yeah. I can't, I got, I, can't I, got, I got some blocks. I got to build. We're out of here. Yeah, I exactly. <laughs> I got some Legos. They're waiting for me at home. They're in the oven. Come on. Yeah, let's they're go. in the let's oven. Go. <laughs> yes. <legs> in the <laughs> oven. They're, they're, they're cooking right now. They're they're about to pop. We gotta yeah. do something. Yeah. So yeah, but no, no, I remember. It, yeah, that sort of thing really did kind of put me uh, on edge. And um, according to to speak to this also, um, now is according to an article that I read on Cinema Blend, which they referenced the book Stephen King Art of Darkness by Douglas E. Winter. And also in an interview in Weird Book when the short story was published, I guess when and I, I can talk to the, about or to this later. But this is part of the story itself where a lot of it's autobiographical. Uh, he probably I think when he was eleven, King's mother took him and his older brother to uh, Durham, Maine, to take care of her mother, so that when. King was he was a little older than the character George, but when he was fourteen and he was alone with her, he up and found her dead. While he was, you know, quote unquote, supposed to take care of her or just kind of watch her. So I'm sure this, you know, lodged itself in his brain for a long time. And yeah. I know that there's kind of a phobia for some people too, like dealing with elderly people and that, and like not really know how to. Uh, uh, have a conversation with them or deal with them or take care of them. And uh, like, I, I know that it is, it is quite a bit of a ordeal, like getting a little bit more acquainted with, you know, like people of older age now, like, you know, my wife and I are starting to kind of discover some, some problems with certain family members and that where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is some, it is a concern, you know, and, like what, how we mentally prepare ourselves for trying to take care of that. It like, you are still not completely like prepared. Yeah. And like, and like, you know, like, especially like, you know, young children that, and and like, and I can't, I can't help but think about like uh, a movie, like, uh, uh, silent night, deadly night, like, yeah, like going to, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like going to, like a very, like comical but not comical, like area. No, that's like, just like, oh, I'm a young kid. It's like, oh, I'm completely available, and I'm going to talk about how, like, oh, I want to punish everyone and kill everybody. Like, oh, is Santa talking? Sorry, is Grandpa talking? No, like, like that is gross and weird, and like that poor kid, that poor kid. That the, the, the Santa in uh, the wheelchair is telling him like, oh, the wicked should be punished. That 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 is upsetting. There was there, there were some supplanted uh, ideas <laughs> prior to watching this, and I'm like, is it going to go into that place? I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going on. So, yeah, for yeah, sure. I, you know, because like we just had the holidays more recently too. So yeah. <laughs> so then. So then, um, you know, um, I love, I love that the camera that was used here was a very specific camera that, um, was built to pivot. Like, wait, we don't think about this now because it's 2023. So it's easier to do this. Um, we like the way that they, we show the space of the kitchen and the way that we like follow him around with the crane shots and the moving around. 
like it that is so much harder than than now that we don't consider that. So it might be sublim- subliminal, but it's a wonderful effect of showing how how big the room is, but also how small it is. Like I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, it gives you that uh, claustrophobic feeling. Yeah, that um, that Georgie is clearly feeling in in that space. Yeah, I, I also kind of I kind of wish that the episode would have stayed quiet because that we got this real like implication that like it's just it, it's him in his own head, and then like we he walks outside and he's like, oh, it's getting dark soon. Like, is that how fast dark happens? I don't know. Like, it kind of happens kind of fast. And then he's, like, waiting for his mom to come home. He, he has the tea on, like, the stove. And then, um, like, you know, Grandma asks for his tea. And then we find the hallway, which I think is, like, seven miles long. I don't know. It's pretty long. Um, but also credit to... It's, the, there are yeah. good shots that are going on. Though. Yeah. Like, the idea yeah, there that, is, like, it, he's... Oh, go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, there's like like the idea that like especially from Georgie's perspective, it's like grandma's right there, like in a very small amount of space down the hallway. But and the then hallway, all of a sudden the like you get to long. get to yeah. walk down the hallway and it's like she's so it's far effective. away too. It's effective. Yeah. But also the the way that they would use that camera, um so like you'll appreciate this. Um like that as they're doing like this like like tracking shot down the, the hallway they kept like moving the track which is like they put like they would move however like they would grab like a piece of it move it behind it move it behind the camera which is how they shot a lot of uh texas chainsaw where they're doing like the tracking shots where like a bunch of guys were like we only have four to five pieces of track all right well we'll, we'll grab them and move them that was the same type of mentality and it was really, 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 really effective. And my only frustration with this episode, well, two up true frustrations is one like, um, Harlan Ellison, like doing all like the internal monologue. I think that you could do a lot of more show. Don't tell that's just me. But also my frustration is how Brown everything looks, but that's Bradford May's choice because that was shot on film, but then digitized for TV. Um, I don't know about you guys. Most of the time when uh, George was in the hallway, I couldn't see anything and it was frustrating. No, I agree with you. Uh, and like the, the, like the end sequence, it's very much like that too. And we'll get to that in here in a moment, but it just looks very muddled because of the, the color choices in that and like yeah. how dark the scenes are. Yeah, yeah, it was a little too, too dark. And it's like, okay, I get it, dark hallway, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like, okay, you, you could have given me just a little bit more. I couldn't see what was going uh, on. It was really frustrating. It's like, I understand that, like, it was different for TV broadcast at the time. I'm like, but also, like, oh, you do sepia and dark. You're like, oh, like, can you show me anything other than Georgie coming with tea? And then you hear um, every asshole um, family member telling the mother why you should keep grandma stuck in a room. Yeah. Like- <laughs> and that, I mean, now that was, I, I have to give Ellison credit there because that, that was actually a good way to kind of set the little bit of the backstory of, yes. okay, so why are they even here in the first place? Other than the fact that it's, it's grandma, we got to take care of her. 
But it's like, oh, there's more to it than just that, you know. Oh, so you're the only one who can handle her, Ruth. You're you're the only one who can calm her down. You don't know she, she gets dangerous. She's more dangerous now that she's senile, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the, I think that works. But to get back to your first point that you made a moment ago, Paul, was that um, there there was way, and I hesitate to say this because I would have almost liked it this way, but then I watched it. I'm like, well, it really doesn't work. All the internal monologue, kind of like you get in um, in um, uh, David Lynch's Dune. It's like, all right, man, we calm down. We understand. It's, <laughs> it's well, cool. Even, even and, if, and, and even, I would almost yeah. have preferred, like, um, if you wanted to have, to play that inner monologue, why don't, and again, going back to Creepshow, kind of have it like, uh, the segment. Oh, okay. Gotta go back to the. I'm dropping shit. Oh my god. Oh my go gosh. Back. Yes, but anyway, like imagine um, uh, the segment uh, or how they did it in the segment of the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill. Uh, Jordy keeps imagining talking to the doctor or talking to his father or whatever. Just different segments where there's a Dutch angle on the camera and you know things are a little awkward and weird, but no, but, but it's, we, you, you yeah, can clearly Georgie's, see it's imagination. Yeah, it's imagination. Like, yeah, him explaining like, oh, shit's gone sideways. That like I don't yeah, know exactly because yeah, the one thing that and and yeah, and I know you can't go back and forth and do the story exact, but the one thing that they kept going back to or Georgie kept going back to in the story was okay. He, he has to go do this because if he doesn't, his brother is going to make fun of him. Oh, I got to go. I, I can't go to grandma's room, but I got to go to grandma's room because if I don't, buddy's going to say that I'm a wussy, blah, 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 blah. So you could have scenes like that where they're kind of interacting with each other. Oh, well, you know, why didn't you go to a room, scaredy cat? You know, why didn't you put her, your hand under the, sh- you know, put her hand yeah. back under the sheets? Why didn't you cover her face? That sort of thing. And I, I think I, I think I, that like, because I listened to the short story as well. Mm. I think that there are two real threats here, and it is the grandma, and then what his brother might think of him. Yes, and we didn't really get the threat of the brothers, like you know, like oh, you're such a wuss, man. Like you didn't do the right thing because you're a wuss, like. And it, like it, it's just all this plaguing ideas that if the brother would have been there as a, a second character, in you know like really as a second character, yeah, we, we might have gotten that. But like all this internal my, monologue is solely based on, well, I should just take care of grandma, and then like and that's it, or figure out why grandma's, you know, making the noises that she is. The brother was just like a second thought at that point. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, I, and I'll say this, man: Baird uh, Oliver acts his ass off in this. So, a yeah. lot of that internal monologue, you you really don't need. You could see it all on the kid's face. And also, credit right. to him doing the voiceover. Like, I mean, that's a, that's a large task, right? I think. Yeah, it's exactly. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I think that like what we had to deal with as far as like where the story was and what we got, there was a lot of like uh, compartmentalizing what we had to deal with and well, like, you yeah. know, excommunicating like certain parts, like the brother not being really a part of the story. Okay, fine. But then we also had to make 
the grandmother a bigger threat too. Well, but also you mentioned you listened to the story, and I will say that I, I found uh, a way to read this today. There's um, there's other ways to find the story. I'll just like people know go google it it's wow funny. you're you're taking money out of stephen king's pocket yeah wow. i, I wow. think he's okay wow. <laughs> he's hurting man he's hurting, hurting in right? the mansion but also like I, I just read the story today there's a whole thing where it's like we like they don't they don't say it's like so much where it's like here's a person that um she realized that like like her like she wanted to have kids right and it's a whole thing where it's like there's a little bit of rationality where it's like Oh, you want to have children and we can't make them happen. I, I found these weird books, like a dummy's guide to uh, the Necronomicon or whatever it was. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, and then like all of a sudden she could have kids and then the church kicked her out and then the school kicked her out. They're like, I like the idea. They're like, Oh, that's not great, but you're having health of the children. Like, I don't know. I feel yeah. like, um, I feel like the church is pro-life <laughs> like one way or another. Like, I don't know. It feels kind of, um, that's kind of weird. But the fact that like the, the story, right. The story is like the books, like, like that's, that's her, um, you know, that's where she's at. And then in this episode, whenever we get like the brief bit where, uh, after Georgie tries to bring the tea to her and it, it spills and it sinks into the floorboards, she's like, Oh, there's something under here. I would have been like, I don't care. I'm out. But anyway, he opens like the, like the hatch. It's like, Oh, it's a bunch of smoke and flares like Evil Dead. I'm good. Oh, there's the Necronomicon like Evil Dead. I'll just take it. Like, <laughs> like yeah, because he's like, oh, yeah, I'll take these books. Finally, I can find out what all the whispering's about. Yeah. Like, oh, man, you. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, it's <laughs> just weird. But, I also, but, but in a way, though, that tracks, too, because, you know, what kid isn't going to have that little bit of curiosity over something like, oh, so that's what everyone's talking about. Yeah. Let's see what that's all about. My frustration is that like we get to like the shot of grandma on her bed uh, and that she's like, Ugh. I thought she pressed like a garage door closer to make <laughs> like, yeah, Terry, you know what I'm talking about, right? I thought she pressed a button yes. to make the whole of the floorboards collapse where it's she like, used, no, she used the force, dude. Like, no, no, no. Like Harlan <laughs> Ellison, like he, like he, he acknowledges that, but I'm just like, I thought she pressed like a button. Like, all right, I guess we're done now. Like, you know, party city's closed for the night. Whatever. Anyway. So party city, you mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Halloween USA. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I love that. Um, he brings spirit. the books out back into the kitchen. He's just like, Oh, what's going on? Cthulhu or whatever he kept saying. Yeah, he does it. Harlan, yeah. Harlan Ellison really, really, really got upset. Leaned heavy all. into the uh, yeah. Lovecraftian. Yeah. You're damn right, man. Because like, I, like, I understand that they were trying to make this uh, script a little bit more lean and like listening to the audiobook, I think it was like an hour and 10 minutes. No. Uh, they got it down to this 22 minutes or 21 minutes or whatever it was. And obviously, oh, yeah. they, they, they they cut out quite a bit of stuff that, you know, was, I guess, like unnecessary, like dialogue with the, the brother and all that stuff. But at the same point, it's like he leaned real, real hard into the, the whole like H.P. Uh, Lovecraft kind of idea here. 
Yeah, like King kind of throws it out there in a one or two lines, but mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing, it's just the book. Right. Yeah. And you're left like, well, what kind of books he talking about? And he yeah. kind of sprinkles that throughout the story, not well, which I mean, obviously, you can do in the written form, uh, as opposed to in a twenty minute TV segment. Yeah. No, there's a different there's a different pacing here. Yeah, it's so a whole wrote, different yeah. medium. So I mean, so I, I wrote I, totally um, get that. I wrote that Georgie found the Necronomicon or. It's shades of gray is what I wrote in my notes. So, you know, <laughs> that's, that's grandma's other book. <laughs> that and that and sexy DJs on Playgirl. Yes. Yeah, uh, right. There's, a, there's a lot of muscular men on these soft covered books. <laughs> and we're not supposed did, to find them. Oh, oh, so, so Terry, did you ever, did you ever find um, the paperback version of um, uh, misery? I don't know if, you're, if I'm talking about we Richard. Know. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about, right? We may actually have it, honestly. No, because it's like you open up the paperback, the fr- like the cover's Misery, and you open it up, and it was like a Misery's End or whatever it was called. And it was like, like this, like, like like Fabio like figure holding Misery, but it was Stephen King. <laughs> like, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> Uh, the, we probably, I'm, I, I, wait, I hope we have that actually. I'm gonna no, have to look you need it. to find it because it's it's an amazing. Um, it's I hope amazing. I have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, dude, I'm gonna look for that tonight and I'm yeah. gonna find it. So then, um, take a picture of it. So then the whole thing is like, oh, so after this, after he does not get Fifty Shades of Grey, he goes back to the kitchen and he looks at the the books that he found, right? And then um, uh, he's like, "There's this wonderful like." swirling 360 movement on this camera that it's in this episode let everybody know as much as i'm um, a trash person drinking right now that the camera work in this is phenomenal it is like yeah however we're going to land on the segment it's not perfect but like the the spatial awareness in the camera work is something to behold especially for when this showed up Right, because it's easy yeah, it, now. It's so easy now to dismiss it, but this is '86. It is, it is a feat, and I'm going to put this to you, Richard. Like when you had you, we had you on for our revisit of the Invaders uh, from the original series. There was a lot of work going in to change the lighting setups the entire time to make yeah. sure that everything dimmed, and like there was a bunch of dimmer switches. Like it is a masterclass in spatial awareness that it's easy to dismiss now. That is, it it is something to see once you understand what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of the shots they had in this, because I I even noticed and really appreciated how there's several long tracking shots in this. I mean, long for, again, for a 20 minute segment, but even for that, length of time it's usually just one face one face one face one face you know back and forth whereas this it has long panning shots and pulling back and but i mean you just referenced the whole 360 shot of george reading the book or, or paging through the books and whatever and even later on they they kind of do that again but that, that's at the end of the, the segment or towards no, the end it, of the just, segment, it just me. it reminds me but, of rope which i know that um it's, it's oh yeah yes yeah which i know yeah, where it, it goes so long until it just kind of shoves into someone's back and pulls out <laughs> yeah which yeah. you know it's, which is the cut but yeah yeah I, there there is some masterful 
work here. So anyway, so yeah, yeah, yeah you could definitely tell they were all primed and ready for Friedkin, but he that he might have dropped the ball, but they were right there to catch it. That's for damn sure, for sure. Yeah, so. he he might have had some notes here because like some of these uh, shots seem like Friedkin would have set them up, and but like at the same point, like having uh, who is typically a cinematographer uh, set these things up too. Like, I, I mean, I guess it makes sense, you know, like he's in yeah. complete control of every, everything at this point now. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. certainly not the worst, certainly not the worst person to pick to direct it is someone who would have framed the shots anyway. And understand the machinery involved, right? Like, exactly. Yeah, that's right. a big yes. deal. So then we eventually find out that like, you know, what was it? Well, we think that um, grandma's dead and he goes in. After, well, yeah, as ahead. he's reading, or after he finishes reading the book, she starts spouting out Cthulhu and Yogg-Sothoth. That kind of forces him to go back and to leave almost the safety of the kitchen, and then to go and check on Grandma. Which, yeah, that that's what is when he finds that she's yeah. Already and I, I think there is a clear difference between, uh, and like this leads totally to what uh, Richard is saying. It's like there is the safe space that is the kitchen. And the long hallway that leads down toward the path of what might be his destruction. We didn't even you know, talk like, about that the shadow disappearing. <laughs> we'll get that in a minute. Oh it's my like, god! It's yeah, like, we'll get- <laughs> that was weird, dude. It's I was not like, great. I don't know what it's the not great. We'll talk about that, that Richard. Oh man, it's more about Ellison and sanity. Just you wait, <laughs> dude. It's so that was stupid. not a part of the story. It's so stupid. No, it's so listener. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Not a part of the story. <laughs> Not a part of the story. <laughs> but Harlan Ellison just, loves it. I also like that the idea that the shadow did not go into the bedroom and was like, I'm out. This is stupid. I'm out yeah, of he here. Did. He's know? like, dude, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm out. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. yeah. But like, but, I, yeah. I just, I, I love that safe place that, you know, like we have Georgie being a part of and then, you know, like everything else, like, Everything else yeah. looks dark. Everything else is of shadow. Yeah, but like, him like taking the pulse of like that gnarly hand, and then him uh, the which, gnarliest of hands. Like that, like <laughs> that's a ham yes. hock of a hand, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I feel that, attacked right now, but I appreciate that. I that's like that. Super Shredder's hand right super there. Like, was <laughs> a Super Shredder played by um oh uh, um Diesel? <laughs> Wasn't that played? Was <laughs> yeah. yeah, wasn't it played like, by what um, is going on with that hand, man? Yeah, like, right. I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, Kevin Nash. Girlfriend's super... gotta get a uh, a manicure soon. <laughs> yes. Well knowing that grandma was um Kane Hodder and not Kevin Nash. Not <laughs> almost the same person, right? Sure. Yes. Anyway, I, we, I, I, we've not seen Kane Hodder in a Magic Mike film, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know. He'd choke his way into it, though. He'd come into it. He's like, a Ooh. new beginning and just shake his junk, right? Anyway, this so. Is my scene. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, no. Um, the whole thing with, like, like, grandma, like, just him coming back in multiple times is like, it's upsetting. And the whole thing is like, I think she's dead. I'm going to touch her wrist. And then he's like, also, I want to bring a mirror to her nose. I'm like, that's valid. And then it's like, nothing's going on. And then eventually grandma was like, Oh, I'm not gonna let you go and hug you. It is 
Like I, I, I appreciate that as much as we don't, we can't see anything because it's video transfer. We see this weird, like lumpy eye of grandma. And we also see this elevated bed that is upsetting. Like, Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, it, it is gross and scary. And I do appreciate that. There's yeah. like this weird face that's going on with the, uh, the grandma too. It's like the nothing but trouble, like uh, Dan Aykroyd character. <laughs> I did not see like, a dick nose. Here, here's what I thought. Of. I didn't see a dick is it, nose. Is it, Continue. Is is it me or is it uh, is Grandma's face the cover? Not that I'm a fan of the band, but is 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 it the same face that's on Warren's dirty, rotten, filthy, sticking <laughs> record? Tell me I'm yeah. wrong. Yeah, I, I mean you're not wrong, but it also looks like the weird like. Like um, the judge when when the, uh, yeah. The, um, yeah the judge and then uh, if you uh, Ghostbusters two uh, when uh, Vigo goes like all like mongoloid face <laughs> like, oh Jesus <laughs> it's <so> sick. Oh. <laughs> they're like oh. we have extra liquid latex let's put it on this yes <laughs> so Terry are you saying that what we're seeing is um, the outside from uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the most recent Guillermo del Toro thing we talked about is what's going on. Is like, do you think uh, do you think Dan Stevens is like giving this person a bunch of uh, skin cream? Oh, I'm kidding. Anyway, oh. yeah, yeah. All no, the skin but, cream. but but <laughs> yes. the, but the grandma. Oh my god, it's gross and terrible. And then and then like he's like, oh, I guess I'm going to get sucked in, right? Like it, it's it's scary, right? Like, and so, I, I hate to yeah, say it, so. but dude. Georgie, don't wuss out on your mom. Just like, just say, go yeah, outside, yeah, sit on yeah, the porch, and wait for a minute. It's fine. You know what? You're you're more comfortable with the grandma than I am. Uh, let me go check on uh, <laughs> Steve or whatever the hell his name is. Like, <laughs> yeah, whatever the hell that kid's name is. Was it? I think it was Steve. I think it was Steve. Like, dude, the, the brother that kid. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Yes, buddy, 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 buddy. buddy. Steve. King, whatever, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, screw that. Like, yeah, but, anyway, yeah. but I also like, like that. Like, there's a brief bit where he's like trying to like freak out and was like, "Oh, but what if she dies and my mom will be so bad?" But like everything you've heard and like you've observed, I don't think anybody involved would be upset that your grandmother died because it's like, like we find out that like you know gravestones blew up. We find out like it's a whole thing. It's like you know Tupperware showed up like not cleaned. We found out, like, I don't know, it's a whole thing where it's like, you know, um, that, that is Amway, Amway people, like, it's a whole thing where it's like, nobody likes your grandmother. Like, if she passed yeah. away, nobody will be mad at you. Calm down, friend. We're good. We're good. You know. Like, yeah, like, yeah. all the family members have already, like, decommissioned her to, like, yeah, we're, she, she's not a part oh, of our family. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. All, all she does is bring fruitcakes to people, and nobody likes that shit, you know, so. And, it, it, and so here's a bit of the storyline, too. Like, she's she wasn't supposed to have children, so then all these children that are still alive are like, yeah, don't worry about grandma anymore, like. Yeah, she's uh she's dead weight. Like, why are you still even paying attention to her? It's like that's well, kind of a scary thing. That it's is like, scary, but also the fact that they they know how they exist. Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's yeah, there's that's... a there's a cycle breaking portion of this that they don't. That there's like a sins of the father thing going on that 
I don't know. Sorry, Richard, I'm cutting you off, but it's like I feel oh, like this yeah, whole thing. It's right. like they know that they like they know that should they should not exist, and it's like, but they're also like like aware of. I don't know. It, it's like like there's a whole thing where it's like you should not pass um, the burden to our offspring because we know how much of a monster you are. Going on with this. It's, it's, it's completely frightening because, you know, I, like here is poor Georgie trying to take the brunt of all of this now. Like he's heard the whispering. He's now he's seeing the books. Now he's being alone with grandma again. And it's like, when is Georgie actually going to get a break here? And even like in the storyline, he's being berated by his, his brother, buddy. Like constantly, like oh, like you're a little wuss, and blah blah blah, and here, here you came and take care of grandma, and oh, oh my yeah. god, she's she's dead. So like <laughs> now you can't even put the blanket over her head. Like why don't you go in there, you little wuss? <laughs> yeah, Buddy is a certified dick. Yeah, <laughs> Just, if, there's, and if, there's thing, if, if there's something I can attest to, that King knows how to write well, it's bullies. Yes, yes. yeah. So, all right, let, let's get to the end. So, Grandma has potentially passed. And in terms of this episode, uh, we have our main character going to, like, you know, cover her face. And he gets grabbed. And he, she's like, I just want to hug. I just want to hug. I'm game hot, King Hotter. Hug me. You know, whatever. Anyway. Which, you <laughs> know. Choke you out. <laughs> yeah. He gets out. <laughs> He's just like, uh, Jason X is my best work. And just hugs. This hug. Shut up. That is not said ever. So then, right. All right. Well, <laughs> you're both wrong. So anyway, so then we end up like I, like Richard will speak to this a little. Like I, I have a I have a problem with the commentary track in a second. So we have we have our main character like back in the, the kitchen, the mom's home. He's looking down. And then he's like, oh, grandma died. And she's like, oh, it's okay. Meaning like, she's probably like, I'm thankful. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, there's, there's a little bit. Yeah. There's a little bit on the actress's face too. When she says that, oh, I'm so, you know, sorry, blah, blah, blah. And you can see there's almost a grin yeah. there that she's trying yeah. to suppress. But yeah, then finally yeah. grandma Morlock has been defeated. somehow. <laughs> But then, like, but then there, there's a brief bit where, like, we eventually get, like, you know, um, Georgie, his eyes are closed. She's hugging, he's hugging the mom, and then he's opening his eyes. Can I just tell you, like, like, my God, it is upsetting how long it stays him looking at us. It's a very disturbing shot because it yeah, there's I, no there's no music. And it's like, oh, oh, whatever's going on, Grandma has come to Georgie. It is a very, it is, it is upsetting, and I that, appreciate. Unless, I almost yes. expected to hear like that wailing trumpet from uh, Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> you know, like, <gasps> yeah, he has his father's eyes. No, but I love, I love that. Like, uh, like Harlan Ellis is like, oh, we're the first to do it. I'm like, you weren't. Thriller happened no. before you, you piece of shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thriller and Rosemary's baby and, and you know. everything else. He's like, we did yeah. it first. I'm like, you did not do it first. You did. not 
Nice try. Yeah. Because <laughs> the end of Thriller has has um, it screwed me up as a kid, you know. But like, but I love, 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 love how matter of fact it is, and how there's no there's no music. It almost reminds me of where there was the previous segment with uh, Laurie Piper, the Burning Man. We talked about where, um, mm. what was it? The, um, the red, yeah, they just kind of yeah. pull away from the car. <laughs> it's where it's like, that feels like where it's like, well, we're all, we're never going to be good again. Like it's, it, it's a very upsetting ending. And I like that, but it's like the ending of the short story is very upsetting too, but it's like for like a different reason. Like, like, I don't know. Like, yes, yeah. <laughs> it, it is though. It's well, like, but the, like it's the idea is like, it, so I'm like confused by the ending sequence before the commercial break. It's a, did the blanket monster take him or did the grandma take him? Cause like, he just like goes down his wormhole of blankets. So I'm like, no, the grandma, what? the grandma in this, this episode sucked him into the bed. Right. And, be- yeah. and, and like whatever evil, evil, like whatever the rotten core was of the grandma has now been in the kid. I buy that. Right. Um, in terms of the short story, like I'll say this too, in a lot of ways, I think this is like the ending's better than the short story, but I don't think the short story is better than the segment. Sorry. Let me rephrase. I think the short story is better written than the segment, but I think the hammer of the ending is better in here versus the short story. That's what I want to say. Yeah. Cause I think ultimately it's the same, but it, um, yeah, they they do have that more hard hitting ending at the end where it just he pops open his eyes and the same as grandma. Whereas the book, it's like, oh, I'm sad, mom, and he you know f- cries and whatever else. And then he goes to his room and he takes off his clothes and lays on top of his bed. I'm like, oh my god, that just is ah, oh, that is weird. That's bizarre. Like I can say in my like, entire <laughs> life, I have never done that. All ever. right. Well, Terry, like, are you, you, you're like, you know, I'm so tired. I'm going to get naked. Just let, it's fine. Let's <laughs> Yeah. <leave>. That's, <laughs> ah. I'm going to go let, I'm just going to, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to lie on top of my covers. I'm just going to lay on no. top of my covers and let my, uh, Vienna sausage above her covers. I'm just going <laughs> to let, I'm just going <laughs> to let the Vienna sausage hang out. It's fine. You know, whatever. No, I, I never do that. <laughs> I never. <laughs> Uh, a little behind the curtain. Uh, yeah, exactly. Are you ashamed of yourself as well? You should be, because we all should be ashamed of ourselves. I understand. Uh, but like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I agree that the uh, the story was well written um, firsthand. Uh, their execution of this, I, I have some questions about it. Um, I understand that like this probably wouldn't have been the perfect story to pick from King to adapt for twilight zone. I think there were plenty of stories that could have been picked and that, I mean, would have worked way better for twilight zone. Uh, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm a little confused about this one. Uh, I don't think I am like, I'm, I'm not disappointed by it, but it's like, I just don't understand some of the choices that are being executed, executed here, but nonetheless, it's an interesting one. By far, is it not one of the worst? <laughs> like we've seen some bad, bad stories uh, executed within this uh, '80s mm-hmm. rendition. But like, there, uh, like 
I, I completely agree with Paul too on this one where it's like the color palette might've not been the, the best choice either. Well, it just frustrates me because it was shot on film and then like, like transferred to TV. It's like, come, come on. Like there's, there's something here that's lost in transition. It's frustrating yeah. because, because there's a lot of what they use the camera where it's like, they would do like the, like the upper crane shots and the thing would elevate and make this, um, make the hallway look like the longest hallway ever. There mm. is a lot of thought put into this. That's that knowing it, I appreciate. However, it, I feel like if someone just watched this at face value, they would not appreciate, especially now because like uh steady cams and cameras are so much smaller. Like I just, there is, there is craftsmanship here. It's just that like you, it, like if you want to grab somebody by like their like lapels and tell them why it is, that doesn't translate well. And it's frustrating. Yeah, and uh, uh, like I, I like that somebody took notes when they watched Evil Dead, so that was fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, there was there was, the, there was there was there was the rave basement that was going on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the rave yeah, basement. But, um, basement yeah. To 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 what you were talking about, Terry, where it's you know it was kind of the an odd pick for the story. Or for uh, a odd story pick to make into a segment. I mean, like a lot of King stories and novels, they're just a lot of the characterization and stuff is very internal. But um, even Harlan Ellison was cackling about it. He said, oh, they, you know, so desperately wanted a Stephen King stories. They grabbed one of the most difficult to try mm. to. <laughs> try to adapt to TV. Uh, like, let me put this out that during like his, he was the story, like, like overseer for a lot of this where it's like, Oh, we paid money for grandma. And he's like, this is going to be difficult to adapt for X, Y, Z. They're like, all right, well, great. You're writing it. You what the writer should do. And they said, exactly. Yeah. That, that's what you I, I love that. He outlined why it was a problem. They're like, well, thank you. You're writing it. <laughs> oh, his. So again, anybody like if anybody's available to listen to his commentary track. You should. It is unhinged, and I feel bad that his, that his wife that's in the booth with him feels like she's a hostage as he's talking about all this. It is a weird ride. So anyway, yes, yes, yeah. Um. Oh, sorry, Terry. No, I, I mean, I, I, again, like kind of like reconfirming that like, this is an interesting storyline. If anybody has a chance, um, this is readily accessible, um, in different formats. Uh, you can find this on audible, um, check out this, check out the audio book first. I think you'll give a little bit more substance to the story mm-hmm. and maybe find some more interest in what this adaptation is. Cause I, I found I mean, like, I'm a King freak. Like, I love Stephen King. Um, I'm just, there's so much content at this point that I'm just kind of, like, going all the way back and then discovering everything new in a sense. Mm. But, like, I've not read this one before, but I just recently uh, downloaded on Audible uh, Skeleton Crew. And, like, I've already read, to this point, I think five of the storylines. So Mm. there's a lot of good material in it. Oh, yeah, it's solid. So. 
Let me yeah. let me give you a little bit of more uh, Harlan Ellison's commentary for this. <laughs> yeah, episode. yeah. When you're when you're done, I'll give some uh, story info. Okay, or at least info on King's story. But go ahead. Yeah. No. So like, um, he he claims that he co co directed this episode. Um, I don't know. I think it's ninety ten. <laughs> Type of thing, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, oh, it's you know, like, I, yeah. I co directed this. <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's like, oh, we're directing this. I'm like, I don't know about that, anyway. So, so then, um, <laughs> he wanted the shadow to curve and be sucked into the room. All right, well, Harlan Ellison, you've written so much influential fiction. Why would you give us an Are You Afraid of the Dark bullshit thing that happened? Anyway, he was so excited about it in the commentary track. I'm like, all right, calm down. Anyway, so oh, then um, um, during um, the shooting of the episode, he talked about a sound profile <laughs> about how uh, was Lori Piper couldn't do a lot oh, yeah, of the she, things that was kind of, like, called the grandma. And yeah, she couldn't do like the death rattle. Sure, or, and then but we're going to some other scream. I and, put yeah. in this notes, Terry, this is for you. So then supposedly Harlan Ellison bought half brown, half, half brown, half pound, <laughs> half brown, half pound of brie cheese and a half pound of cream and ate them both in succession to make the sound of grandma gurgling. <laughs> he was the one making those sounds. Sure. I don't have no idea, but that's what he says. Uh, no, stop. That's disgusting. <laughs> Dude, you don't, do you want to know how? He makes it a point to give an example of it. He, no, 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 no. Go back and I, listen Terry, to it. Please. I know you have the DVDs. Please. Like it is, it is a soundscape of weirdness going on. How much, how much he gurgles and screes the entire time. I, I can't time. believe that he was able to capture exactly what I sound like when I sleep. That like, and I don't eat nearly as much cheese. <laughs> no, but it's like, and then also there's the whole thing of like, like, what was it? There was a bit where he's just like, look at it, look at it, look at it, look at it. The entire time I'm like, Harlan, calm down. <laughs> like it was so, I just felt bad for his wife. I, I, I felt so bad for his is, wife during all this. And I feel like my assessment of him being possibly the co-creator of, not co-creator, but co-runner of um, Scientology is maybe like apt at this point. Maybe. Um, yeah. he, he's at the same energy level. Of, oh my God. Uh, anyways, uh, David uh, yeah, Miscavige uh, and also um, uh, L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, maybe, I don't know. But Miscavige, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Definitely Miscavige. Or yeah. Miscarriage uh, or whatever the hell his name David is. Miscarriage. Yeah. Anyway, so no. Miss Psycho. Um, yeah. It, it just. He is he he's a delight to listen to, but it's like it's like oh yeah, like I just it's he's one of those guys that like I know he's gone now, but I would love to shake his hand and be like, I have no problem with you. Can I back away slowly? But can I shake your hand? This guy is a psycho. <laughs> like I I also I still feel so bad with his his sorry his wife uh, in the recording booth. You never hear her. It's like, yeah, he just, he's like, look at it, look at it, go, go, go. It's like, calm down, you son of a bitch. It's so yeah. weird. It's so okay, weird. the hell of a drug. 
Yeah. When he starts mocking the gargling, that he's like, this is how it should have sound, or this is how I made it sound. Set up. <laughs> right now, my wife is giving me the look. Yeah. Oh, my Lord, dude. She's, she's, not, she's in the booth with me right now. You don't understand. Uh, he's nuts. <laughs> it's nuts, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it's still so quite. But anyway, so, um, yeah, this is, um, it's a fun segment. It is uh, upsetting, especially the end shot. It's one of the things, it's the stuff in Nightmares, how the last segment of the kid with the demon eyes looking straight at the camera um, as like, um, what was it? Um, what, what was this? Um, 86? I would have been seven. This would have destroyed me. It was upsetting. Yeah, it was. It's, it's yeah. nightmare. You know, I, I, I could totally see that, like, especially being of a, like, a very, like, um, I, I guess, like, uh, age of, like, being frightened by my own shadow. Yeah. I mean, to this day, I still have nightmares about zombies. And, uh, you know, I... I and it's all back to seeing films that probably I shouldn't have seen when I was like three <laughs> or four years old. <laughs> so, you know, things make an impression on you. And you know, like, I, told I, I, think you, I told you I watched that segment of Monsters a couple a uh, couple episodes ago when I was a kid. That destroyed me as a kid. This would have messed me up as well. It would have. Yeah. 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 Rightfully so. I Especially all the imagery of the grandma, like what you can see of the grandma, that is. Uh, yeah. Like the, the the claws and everything, like the the oily s- skin, and like it it is it is frightening, and I can completely understand why maybe people are a little misunderstood when they're getting a little older and that, and maybe they're going through a transition in their time. Like, don't be afraid of your grandparents, though. At the same point, you know, like I. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but what if, what like, if they're witches? There's two, there's two there's two conversations going on here. Like, I think there's like an idea that's being built up because I th- also think that maybe in a in a in a, a part of conversation here is that Georgie has this idea that Grandma's scary because she did all these things, but you know, it, but Grandma's actually just like I don't know, dying, and she doesn't look the same as everybody else. You know? Oh, all right, real quick, we're to the twist. So. Um, the last time I saw my uh, my grandmother on my mom's side, um, <laughs> it was during Thanksgiving, and I, I was talking to her, and she's like, and like, <laughs> it was like after Thanksgiving, like there's the whole like whole like Fox News thing of like people coming out for like um, Black Friday deals, like people rushing and knocking things over. She's like, oh. I know why they call it Black Friday. I'm like, oh, you're four foot three. Like, it was one of those things. It was like, oh, why are you so racist? But I love you. And it, <laughs> it was the last time I saw her, I'm like, oh no, oh no, you're the tiniest no, no, racist Grandma, person no. ever. Yeah, I just, I'm just like, why would you do this? Because I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm saying is like, grandparents don't know. They don't always know what's best, right? <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. saying. Well, like, yeah. it, like uh, the only reason I even say that is like, if, if anybody's ever seen Home Alone, they uh, they have an understanding of like the one scene where he's afraid of the furnace. Like, 
the furnace has like this almost like uh, identity of itself and is going to try to eat uh, Kevin. Yeah, but like, the furnace never hugged me and said, I know why it's called Black Friday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or even like I've, I've tried, I've like I've tried to deconstruct the idea of children's fears. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> or even no. like, uh, look who's talking. Like the yeah. scene where the the, the toilet is going to eat him. Yeah. Obviously, these are not people, but like, well, I don't okay. Know. Well, real quick before we get to the twist, I was saying, yeah, before you get to the twist, I got some stuff too. Yes, so. please get into it. <laughs> okay, yeah, just just some uh, odd factoids about the story. There's um. One uh, section in the story itself where uh, uh, George was remembering that uh, some of the conversation that was going on with the family between uh, his his uncle George and his mother that Harlan Nelson played in the in the story where you know she was more dangerous when she's senile. Now George remembered that, but he wasn't with him because he had run out to get the good sled because they were supposed to go sled riding. On uh, Joe Camber's Hill, and I thought to myself, that name rings really familiar. And then I, yep, did a quick look, and it's Cujo's owner. The whole story takes place in uh, Castle Rock. And and, um, to get back to a point that I had made earlier, this the whole story was autobiographical. The story, the mother's name is Ruth, and that was Stephen King's mother's name. Mm Mm-hmm. Nellie Ruth King, and of course his brother, who was two years older and was probably a dick to us at some point as well. <laughs> and uh, one thing that I um, wondered, and then I even writ- wrote this down, that was speculated too from uh, um, what's his nuts director, uh, Mr. Bernard. What the hell is his name? Bradford May. Him and uh, I think Philip Daguerre. They kind of questioned, it, and there was something that I questioned too. Was that was this something that had been planned, not necessarily by the family, but by grandma all along? Because in the story, there's a section where that, you know, um, George wouldn't come and hug her, of course, when he was six years old or whatever. I, I, I kind of likened it almost to how people say, you know, oh, you know, animals know good people from bad people, whatever. But and George was afraid to go to her. And there's at one point in the story where, you know, George wouldn't go to her, and it says, as Grandma lowered her heavy arms from which the flesh hung in great dough-like goblets, a sly, senile smile had overspread her face, and she had said, does he really look like Franklin Ruth? I remember you saying he favored Frank. And that's after Uncle George mentions, oh, but you remember what happened with Franklin whenever he crossed her? See, all she said was a few words, and then suddenly... Mom's favorite brother ends up dead. So yeah, so then that that, that makes me kind of wonder if if um, the whole thing was kind of planned by Grandma ahead of time because there's also as the story keeps going, actually as the story flows further, uh, George keeps thinking to himself how weird it is that these memory these vivid memories come to him all of a sudden. Not that he wouldn't normally remember them, but. Like he's catching voices that are almost like someone's talking directly to him and that he keeps feeling funny as the whole thing uh, or as the whole story plays out. And he likens the whole day of sitting with grandma, like looking at a bunch of uh, pieces of a puzzle 
that he couldn't quite put together, but ultimately does until it's too late. So I don't know if you guys kind of caught that vibe too. I know that, um, like I said, Bradford May and Philip Daguerre, they talked about kind of like the whole family was in on it. But I think what I got was more, it was just maybe there was grandma. If you want to talk about like a matriarchal situation, this isn't similar to hereditary where, mm, yeah, you know, it's like, Oh, like the grandmother has been like dictating things and like, just, Oh, you know, yeah. how like, yeah, there, there's been like, like, Oh, you failed me. I'm going to pick the next one. Like, I don't know. Like there is, you know, oof. this, this is yeah. a good segment. It's a really good segment. There's lots to chew on. And Terry, I'm going to put this to you that, um, like I, I always feel like I got to protect you because you're my special guy. Like, <laughs> you're my number one man. You're no, no. It's you're like I'm just like no. I'm just like I don't want to hurt you. <laughs> like, like I feel like this is one that like kind of ends on a hammer. Like, which is like, like that's my preferred Twilight Zone, where it's like, oh, nothing's ever going to be good again. Like in this one, the way that they um like stay like there's like. a like 20, 30 seconds on, um, that's probably not the right, um, statement, but like on like the main actor's eyes being like demonized this, like as a kid, this would have just destroyed me. Like I, I would have been so scared, you know? And then with like, you know, Harlan Ellison be like, Oh, we did it first. Bullshit. You didn't do it first, but he was super excited about all this. Rightfully so, because you take the story that is mostly internal. Um, I think um, I think that you could have done more showing versus telling, but I think all things considered, it's very effective. Yeah, and I, I think there's a lot to take away from both the original story and what we had as an adaptation. Uh, I, I think the adaptation is very interesting. There are um, some really cool things going on in the shots, especially. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is exactly how I would have done it. And I, again, I I probably would have chosen a different storyline to give the one and only Stephen King adaptation towards uh, a, a Twilight Zone, you know, narrative. Like, I mean. Twilight Zone. Yes, it can be weird and it can be scary and it can have monsters and that. But I also <laughs> think that there there is well, different storylines that probably would have worked better. Can can I tell did. you that King wrote a teleplay for Amazing Stories and I'm like that's not amazing enough and it became a uh, Tales from the Dark Side script. So oh yeah yeah the. Um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry, right number, whatever it was called. Yeah, it was funny. It's like, it's not amazing enough. All right, here we go. Yeah. I had no idea that um, for um, that what they paid to do this adaptation. And also you have another prolific uh, sci-fi horror writer trying to adapt it. I didn't know that either. But also, like, it's, I'm so sorry. I, I did not mean hep. And like his, his, like his world. Like, I think, I think I would have, I think I would have lived my life. Well, if he was socked me in the face, 
this this guy, <laughs> you know, like you probably wouldn't have been the first. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like I, I, I think that there's yes. a lot of things that are uh, fantastical that uh, King has written, and maybe they would have been more well adapted for something like Twilight Zone, yeah. especially in the '80s when. He was really at a high. No, like, but supposedly, let's not forget that. Supposedly, you know? yeah, I'm sure they really yeah. leaned on the yeah. name, like oh, segment by Stephen King. Yeah, but, and, and so, by yeah, no yeah. means is this a bad segment. No, it, no, no. It just, supposedly, you know. King told Ellison this was his favorite TV adaptation at that point, mm-hmm. which he was recording his commentary was 2004. Um, you know, who knows what's going on past that? But you know yeah. what, like. There's liberties taken with this, which I understand. However, I think that it would have been it would have been better if we would not have had so much like vocal internal monologue versus more show don't tell. Like I don't know, like this thing would have been. It's still a banger. It's still a it, the ending of this. You can't, but you cannot discount it because it is very upsetting. Right, like well, even if we it, maybe yeah. if we had Buddy or I think that was his brother's name, right? Yes. Buddy, yeah, being like another voice. If we could have had another voice actor just kind of chime in and like give that other part of his like uh, mental stability, really, because uh, like uh, Georgie is kind of a weakling, unfortunately. Like you know, not only is he having to be the surrogate for like um, you know taking care of. Uh, grandma and everything but like his his brother is so domineering that he's led him down this path where he's questioning everything he's not a tough guy you know like georgie's not able you know he's he's always depending on somebody else and Mm -hmm. then finally he has this this moment of like well i guess i could take care of myself but then i gotta take care of grandma (laughs) you know yeah yeah, absolutely. So, all right. I feel like we've um, we have talked about this plenty. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't, like I don't. I, no, 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 no. I apologize. I've been a. Um, oh no, we've we've definitely. Uh, no, there's a there's a lot to extrapolate sure. on this. I yeah, mean, for yeah. Sure. There's definitely a lot to chew on. Yeah. Yeah. So, are you guys ready to read, read that twist? Are you guys ready? Yes. Let's sir. do this. <laughs> So twist rating is a one through five, one meaning we saw it from a mile away and five being like mind blowing. Um, you know, with this being like, I don't know, this poor kid being sucked into, um, uh, a grandma's, um, like, I don't know, water mattress. I am going to give it a three meaning <laughs> like, you know, I, I know it wasn't going to end well, but like that was, that was, um, that was upsetting. Like, I don't know. Where are you guys landing on this? Well, I'd have to say that the, the whole, like, blanket hole, like, thing, I, I didn't expect that because that wasn't in the story. But I, I think I did myself a disservice in reading slash listening to the story first. Then I'm like, I don't, well, okay, well, I don't know how it's going to be adapted here. So I'm going to give the wormhole thing probably a four because i didn't expect that all right 
Um, I'm, I'm going to have to go with probably a three myself just because not that, I mean, yeah, obviously read the story, but being a twilight zone too, you also know, okay, there's going to be something that's going to come and kind of hit hard, but, um, I might, I might have to, might have to even go as far as a three and a half. All right, just because the, the, the way that uh, yeah. yeah the way that they wrapped it up though at the end is slightly different oh, than that final the shot thing, that but, final shot from a but team. however oh. th- that's the kind of the point I'm getting at though the way that that ending shot is it's like okay that's in, that's unsettling in its own right yeah I just I just for a show for a revival that is so heavily dependent upon like 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 scoring. The fact that they left that like lying like um like without like any sound is very upsetting. Like I don't know. And him oh, yeah. making direct contact, like that's the stuff of nightmares, right? Like yeah. it it just frustrates me that like the next two segments of this episode sorry Terry, here's a spoiler, don't live up to it. Uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah. That's not happened at all in this 80s <laughs> version of this. Oh, yeah. Good Lord. Yeah, right? Uh, Who knows? Who knows it's coming? <laughs> I do. Right? So. No, but right. like, I, I, will, I will say before we close this out, please, please invest some time into the original story. Yes. Because, like, yes. I think it gets a real, like, a deeper conversation to how you feel about this segment. And why not? You know, why not? And then, like, I just downloaded the, um, you know, uh, Skeleton Crew uh, uh, compilation. And, it, I mean, it's very cheap on Audible. Like, there's some great stories in there. So get back to some, like, short storytelling. You know, like, uh, why not? For sure. Yeah, well, yeah. Even a, that, there was um, a loose revival um, of this story called uh, uh, "Mercy." Um, oh. oh yeah, yeah. That, I think it was like who was it was, in that? Dylan yeah. McDermott and someone else. I, I yeah. can't recall who was in it, but yeah, it's from what I understand, it was very loose. I didn't. Oh. I've never seen it, so the cover art's terrible, right? So yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's like oh, it's just, it's kind of the thing, but not really. Yeah. Uh, maybe check that out at, uh, at your, um, like, you know, at your own, um, you know, volition. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, so, um, all right, that's going to do it for our discussion about grandma. Um, yeah, read the short story. It is upsetting and weird. I think this is for, for what it is. It's a relatively faithful adaptation uh, it, I, I really, really am happy that I was able to talk about Stephen King and Twilight Zone in the same breath. That's a lot Hell of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you guys can find us on Facebook at uh, Strange Highways. Uh, you can email directly at uh, strangehighwayspodcast.gmail.com. Wherever you find our pod- podcast, uh, rate and review us would be greatly appreciated. And Richard, I know you write shit and you do a good job. Where can people find you? You can find me on the old Facebook on uh, Richard Staving Writes and just at regular old Richard Staving. Same as on Instagram and Twitter that uh, all the kids use because everyone loves Elon Musk. I don't know if you knew that. Or not, <laughs> they love him. Uh, that they is true. Him. And his big face. Yep. Um, yep. His big damn head. 
And Terry, where uh, where can where people can find us outside of Twitter? Where are we at? We're on st- Instagram still, folks. Uh, please check us out uh, on there. We're still posting on there. It is something. It's still a tool for us. And if you can help us, kind of use that tool to find more people, that would be so helpful. Uh, we are a, a kind of a stalemate. I hate to say that. You, the listener, you are still here. Thank you. And if you're new, thank you as well. But and if we you're need not to find new, some more. F you. Do more. But we we need more we need more <laughs> listeners. We're not making any money from this. It's just oh, you know, it is oh, uh it's, it's a labor of love. Spoilers, uh, I pay fourteen dollars a month for this. So if fourteen people want to give me one dollar, I we would we would even it out. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, it is it's something that we take uh, great joy in doing, and uh, uh, you know I, I I talk to good people like uh, Paul and Richard, and good it people, is it, yes. it brings joy to my heart to talk about something like like this. Like I mean, it's it is something that we really do enjoy, and if you can uh, please share the wealth and tell other people about it, we would greatly appreciate it. Absolutely, the more the merrier. So. Yes. Um, let's get into what we're doing next. What, what, what are we doing next? Here we, here we go. Buttons. Buttons. And now, Mr. Serling. So, um, season one, episode 18, segment B, personal demons. Um, Terry, I, 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 I gotta apologize. It's kind of a comedy, comedy segment. Um, oh dear. Mm. I, <laughs> I, I haven't seen this one either, so I. Yeah, it's um, kind of it's um, it is kind of, but also the segment after that is also a comedy segment. So you gotta you gotta pick pick and choose where we're gonna go with this. So yeah, how much we take joy in talking about comedy episodes. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, bear with us, folks. Uh, we don't like to smash down on things, but yeah, if, if we're being honest, what. We yes. might not like this. Uh, Paul is showing his hand. Well, because I always try tried to keep protecting my Terry. So. <laughs> I, I got this, man. I'm all tough. Right. All right. So, all right. I'm going to cry myself to sleep. Yeah. We're two hours <laughs> in. This, my God. Very long episode. Richard, thank you for coming on. We appreciate that as always. Well, Thank you for yeah, having thank me. You, Much it's always, yeah. a, it's yeah. always a pleasure to have yeah. you on here, bro. Oh, it's yeah, great having you. Absolutely. Talk. I, really, I really cannot wait it. for you to text me privately um, to suffer through the next two segments. Um, <laughs> Be like, you sons of bitches. Yes, right. So, all right, Terry, um, are we done here on Grandma? Like, are we done? Are we, are we done on Grandma? Oh, my God. <laughs> Can I get more hugs from you, too? All right, Terry, round us out. Where are we at? Where are we at with Grandma? Uh, we're done on grandma. Georgie, you're not still scared to stay alone with grandma, are you? The way you used to be. Mom, I'm not six anymore. I'm 11 now. I'm cool.